God, indeed, as a gathered body of believers this morning, we just want to lift up how thankful you are, we are for you. God, for the gifts that you have provided with us, even just this morning, as small as they may be, or as large as they may be, with the salvation that you have provided to us. And God, I thank you that um, we are able to join together today. God, I pray that our hearts and our minds are focused on singing about, continued singing, and, and just thinking about your faithfulness and how great you are. Uh, and God, also just enjoying and, and our fellowship together with that. Amen. What we are going to talk about today and have a little bit of back and forth between Dave and I is that we are going to, I'm not sure if you guys have noticed, but we've been covering the Old Testament for a little bit of time. And what we're going to do today is we thought it would be really neat to just be able to take a Sunday and walk through like a summary of it, a look back, if you will, some highlights, um, some things that, man, we wish we would have been able to kind of tie together through a couple of the books and weave things together. So we said, hey, let's take a Sunday and let's go ahead and do that. So yeah, Dave and I are going to do that today. Um, along with that, we have some notes pages. I didn't pass them out beforehand because there's a quiz at the very front of today. So don't flip. The answers are in the back. Be honest with ourselves. Let's have some fun. Does anybody want to take a gander of when we began our biblical review? When that might have taken place? September 2022. The answers are flowing so easily this morning. Nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So now, maybe, maybe this one will get a little bit trickier. When we did this, we talked, we actually took, and, and even as we were covering some of the first ones, we said, hey, what is the, and I, Dave did one of the best jobs of this. He had a couple of slides that he would always bring us back to. What is the purpose of doing this whole series? What did we want to try to accomplish with this? Yes, increase biblical literacy. You guys are either spot on or cheating. <laughs> I believe you. All right, now this one, let's, let's go here. I would love to hear from the kids on some of these first ones now. So listen up, little kiddos, or big kiddos, that's fine too. How many testaments have we covered to date? How many testaments have we covered so far in our biblical review? Is anybody? Yeah. Hold. All right. All right. Okay. Logan wants to go for it. Go ahead, buddy. One. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. All right. So now maybe it gets a little bit harder. And this is actually even where bonus credit starts to come in. How many divisions of scripture have we covered to date? Five. Five. That was like almost a surprising shout out. Like you, you realized it and didn't even know it. Five. Anybody name them? No. Dave, you want to start them? Sure. So what's the first five books of the Bible called when you group them together? Pentateuch. Very good. Nice. Awesome. So after the Pentateuch, then comes the blank of Israel. History. Awesome. And in the middle of the Old Testament... You have wisdom and poetry. Yes, very good. And then the last two are super easy. Tell us. Awesome. You guys nailed it. They're good. Yeah. They're good. I think they were paying attention. They yeah. actually were. Yeah. Woo. That's exciting. All right. So now, the, so numbers are getting a little bit bigger. 
How many books have we covered that would span the Old Testament? 39. And now one of the things that we've had some fun with um, and just felt like it's been really good to weave throughout our biblical review is a little thing that we have called essential elements. And so we've done several of these, and the idea is just to expand a little bit on an element of Scripture that we feel like is very key to understanding. It's essential, one might say, to understanding as we go through that we want to make sure that we have as an audience as we read and participate in. So does anybody want to take a gander at how many essential elements we've had so far? This one might be trickier. It's a deep dive. Yeah. Come on. We're all family. We can, we can try. Six. Six. Little high. Little high. Five. Getting closer. <laughs> oh! <laughs> okay. Now. Now. We'll see how close you're paying attention. This Does is anyone the big, know? The big bonus. Can anyone name even one of the essential elements of Scripture that we've covered here over the last year? We have a taker. Say again? Scroll mm-hmm. through. Okay, yeah, that is part of um, what goes through Scripture. It hasn't had its own sermon yet, but it's a good answer. I'll give you a hint. The first one is inerrancy. Okay, great. Inerrancy of Scripture. Very good. Give me another one. Sovereignty, which is not, not quite, it is sovereign, of course. We have that one coming up. We do have that one coming up. Not yet. We haven't preached on that one yet. Inspiration of Scripture. So we have inerrancy, inspiration, another one. Any more guesses? Clarity. 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 Yes. Clarity from the back of the room. Very good. Us. Clarity. And last but not least is authority of Scripture. And we have a couple more of these. Um, we will have a couple more of these essential elements as we go through in the New Testament. Awesome. All right. You guys are doing phenomenal. We have about two questions left. So we've also taken some time after some of these divisions, and we've taken and had these Selah services. So how have we been doing? Maybe, maybe this one we can just go ahead and, and take a, a guess on. I'll give you a hint. It's less than the essential elements. There's a big hint. Okay. How many Selahs have we had to date? Three. And now this is the big question. I'm going to put you on the spot, Dave, because you've been so good at answering so many so far. Can you describe to me a Selah service? It's a service in which instead of having like a regular message, we would have an opportunity for members of the body to share something that maybe has been encouraging to them. We had some people share songs that they had written. So, yeah, basically an opportunity for us to reflect on what we just covered in the messages. Not even prompted, and he did awesome. Wow, he that's did amazing. Awesome. Good job. Whew. So it is indeed. So, so law is just a time for us to pause and reflect on the division that we just went through. And, and we are moving agreeably at a pretty fast pace at a book of Sunday, even though we started in September. But it is a really nice, I have felt refreshed in those times, even just to hear from you all. It's, it's extremely encouraging. So I mentioned that we started in September. Does anyone have an idea, and this is the last one, of when we are due to go ahead and finish our biblical review? <laughs> Healy knows because we were talking about it on the way in this morning. <laughs> no? August of 2024. I think Aurelia's cheating too. She's got a lot of answers here. <laughs> oh, I, thought, I know you get to see the calendar. It's true. So August of 2024, and that is, I think something is we kind of celebrate our like 
well, not truly halfway mark, but our like testament halfway mark. Do you want to talk a little bit about what we are hoping to do in August? Sure. So I think what would be a lot of fun and very meaningful is in August, when we complete the New Testament, we are going to have a banquet. We're going to have a church-wide banquet in the celebration. And uh, it will, it'll just be a time for us to um, reminisce. We can have additional testimonies. We can celebrate God's word. And the theme of the banquet is going to tie in with Revelation. The theme is going to be the wedding feast of the Lamb. So this is going to be a, 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 just a time for us as a church family to just to be together, to celebrate, and to um, worship at God's word. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So everyone put that on your calendars. Banquet, August 2024. Be there. I know it's not a specific date. It's the first <laughs> Sunday. If I, somebody, somebody can look it up. It's the first Sunday It'll be August. the middle of August because we'll be finishing up, I think. We'll be finishing the first Sunday, I guess. Yeah, That's yeah, true, yeah. yeah. So it'll be, yeah, the, it'll, we'll, we'll, give it, we'll, we'll give you some notice. It's big enough. Just mark the whole month yeah. and be there. Yeah. How about that? And all okay. I forgot, you need to fast between the end of the ser- service and the celebration feast. If that's, I mean, that was a just fine print. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So in addition to going through, what I really wanted to do also was highlight some of the resources that we've been using to go through this. Hopefully you guys feel like we've been doing a good job of providing you with enough resources that, again, as we cover a book a Sunday, and that's a high level, just to be able to go on your own and enjoy some independent study, maybe some life group study and that sort of thing. So I'm going to take a couple of minutes today and refresh us all. If some of these are you're like, hey, I'm not sure that I remember these or there's a new one uh, and you have more questions, please feel free to come and ask me after service because I'm really excited about these Let's dive into them. So we have some print ones first, because print's still a thing. It's still okay. So we've been providing summary pages. So two pages per book of the Bible. We do this at a glance. And then these are called like blueprints. And we've been providing these at the start of every division of Scripture I saw. And I was just really encouraged today. As we were setting up, Bruce has like a nice three-ring binder that has all of them that he's been collecting. And so just dutifully appreciate that, Bruce. And so if you've had a chance to be collecting those along the way, or if that's something you would like to catch up on, feel free to ask about it, and we'll make sure that you have those. Generally, we try to make sure that at the first or a couple of Sundays after we start a division of Scripture, those are available out on the information table. And usually on the first Sunday, we try to hand them out. We make those freely available as a resource. So Faithopedia, this is a flip book that we also have available on the resource table, but this one comes at a small cost. We've been doing these as a family as we've been going through these. It provides about a short study time about every night to be able to keep pace with us covering a book uh, every week. And they're really awesome because they, they give you different aspects to think about each time. So over each book, you can cover an aspect or an attribute of God, a particular theme of that book, and it, then it covers the timeline or the chronology in that book. And so it's a really great interactive tool, especially as families. So there's workbooks that go along with it for younger kids and then slightly older kids as well, and really encourage that. Again, if you have questions about that, you can see me afterwards. So those are up on display too at the information table today. All right, and then as we've gone into the Kings and the Prophets, um, we've been using this timeline chart a lot, so hopefully this seems familiar. Those are also, again, available at the welcome table as a, as a single page. There's a lot of dense information on here, uh, but it's incredibly cool because it just weaves a lot of things together, including the kings, which are out here, and then the prophets down the middle. And, it, and then it covers, like, 
this side has prophesied to this kingdom and this one. And the colors correspond with whether they were a good king or a bad king. The huge depth there. It's really, really awesome to be able to sit that here as you're reading in the Word. All right, so now some more digital ones. And so we've talked about a couple of these. So this is Bible IS, a great way to just listen as you're doing things. And I like this one too because I'm a slower reader. So if it keeps, me, it keeps me at pace so I can listen audibly, and then it moves the screen along and keeps you going uh, with the words on the screen as well. So that's a great resource to have. So I have QR code here. Uh, if you'd like to go ahead and pull down that resource, it's a chance for you to do so. And then when we post these slides up too, you'll have the QR code there. And the, the logo is a clickable link. So when we post these slides up, that'll be a clickable link. And don't worry, I did also include the Apple Store as well. All right, so we have Bible IS. Another one that I really love uh, that helps with a lot of depth of study is Blue Letter Bible. So this has a, an application for your phone. It also has a desktop app as well. And this does a great job of just including commentaries or, or parallel studies as well. Um, so I'll put a big plug there. And then I've been trying to do more journaling recently, so a slightly different flavor of an app that this one does really well is, is not only is it just a Bible app, but it lets you take notes and include them, and then you can kind of go back through and go to like a My Journal page, basically, and it just shows you, and it references the verse that you tagged when you wrote that, and so this is a pretty neat one if you want to try to get into some journaling. Yeah, I also, I use Olive Tree Bible quite a bit. They've got um, tons of Bible translations and other resources on commentaries and dictionaries and stuff like that. So it's, not, it's, a, it's a very convenient way to have a lot of material in one spot. All right, the last one that I'll tell you guys is new to me and uh, I want to share with you guys, but I've been geeking out for about a week now over this. Um, it's biz.bible, and he has several really powerful. What this guy does is he's used several platforms and is really into data analytics and visualizations. And so if you want, if that kind of like, ooh, that's exciting. It is. I know. I know, Steve. It is. It's really exciting. <laughs> so this is just, I only like the tip of the iceberg here, and we'll get more and more excited, so my voice will become maybe more <laughs> faster and higher, higher pitched, and I'll jump like a little bit more. So this are all the divisions of scripture. And so it covers like, this is the Pentateuch up at the top, and then each book you can click on that and it'll take you straight to that book or then you can drop down even there and it has this is how many uh, chapters are in each. So you can get to see as like a scale how long each division of scripture is. So you're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. But then it gets better. Yeah. Because then, so what he did also was, and, and this has been making some rounds, so people might have seen this one specifically. Uh, but what he did was he took, and so each book now is a grouping of color, and each chapter is a line. And what he did was he took the, t the topics and the verse references that cover and reference back and forth to each other, and he drew these arcs across them. So you can just see how awesomely interwoven the Bible is through all of this. And these are all clickable, and you can, you can click on here, and it'll tell you, oh, this is, this is Genesis, this chapter, and it corresponds to this. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. But that's not all. This is, the, this is the coolest one. So, all right, I'm done. I'm going to calm down. Whew. Okay. So what this does is, I'm, I apologize, this is a little blurry up here, so it makes it less impressive. But again, so viz.bible, what it does is it puts your Bible reading over here, and then it does a word scan, and it summarizes the people, the words, and the topics over here. Those are all clickable. So if you want to do like a topic study or a person study, you can move straight through there. But then what it also does, this is just a really neat feature. Up here, as you're reading, 
you can follow a, like a heat map of where it's talking about. So it goes through and follows. And then down at the bottom as you're reading is a timeline. So it just helps to show you all of those things kind of in one layer. This one's a little too much to fit on a phone, so you have to be using this one on a desktop. But those are just some really cool resources that I've been geeking out and bugging Dave over lately. It's awesome. <laughs> all right. So we mentioned, and I, I'll take just a, a minute or two here with each of these. We mentioned the divisions of scripture, and so I just thought uh, it was good to provide an overview of kind of what we covered with each one of them and what's, what's held in each one of these. So I'm going to take a couple, and um, I might throw a couple here to Dave. But we started with the Pentateuch. We already covered the fact that this holds five books, but there's a lot of meat in those five books, right? A lot of foundational ground truths that are established, and, and we get started in. And so you can see the topics that we cover here. And I think we should take freedom to interchangeably use when we talk about Pentateuch or the law or the Torah, those names interchangeably as groups or division of the scripture. And so you can see the kind of topics. Again, these slides are always available as a resource afterwards. So you can see the topics covered over here and then the books over on the right side, which is smaller on this one. But then by the time you get to historical, it really starts to expand the scope or the number of books that are included. And so as Dave mentioned earlier, this covers the history of Israel right after Moses. So we end the Pentateuch with Moses' death, and then we pick up with kind of the next, the next generation that starts conquering. And so there's conquering, establishing, and I have in the summary here, it's the establishment, and frankly, sometimes, right, the reestablishment. Like, they establish, and they're like, yay! And then no, and then they reestablish. And so this includes like exile is included in here and then post-exile, the remnant returning. And so an awesome walkthrough of books. And if it seems like you're like, man, all those books, how are they all working together? We're going to have an exercise in 10 or so minutes that you guys are going to get hands on with all these books and a timeline. So hold on to your seats because you'll have to get up later. All right, Dave, would you mind covering wisdom and poetry? I'm going to sure. take a sec. Yeah, absolutely. So the th third division of Scripture is wisdom and poetry. consists of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs. The central theme is the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. And that wisdom is from and of God. It's to be sought after. It's to be applied to our life. And ultimately points back to God. The fourth division is the major prophets. And um, God speaks to his people, Israel, and Gentiles through the prophets. These prophets cover a longer period of time, longer ministry, wide range of events, and are identified as major. Of course, that includes Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And last but not least are the minor prophets. We've just completed those. Um, God speaks to his people, Israel, and Gentiles through these prophets. And these typically cover a shorter period of time. They're more focused in their, um, they're more focused in their approach, and they're considered minor, even though the themes are the same sorts of themes that are covered in the major prophets, so they're not minor because they're less important, obviously. So that is a very fast tour through the Old Testament, the divisions, and the books. You know, there are a couple of other ways, so this is, that's just like the facts of the Old Testament. Some of these things that we've covered here, these are the facts of the Old Testament, and there's different ways of summarizing. I trust as you've been participating in the sermons and meditating in your own readings and thinking about things afterwards that you've noticed some big picture themes that come from the Old Testament and from Scripture. 
I've noticed a couple. There's so many ways you can approach this. I've identified a couple things that I want to point out. So this is a timeline of Scripture. Basically, it goes from David until the birth of Jesus. And some of the major highlights are David's reign, the fall of Israel, Queen Esther with the Persians, the last book of the Bible, Malachi. And then I put in for context, which is not in Scripture, but this is Hanukkah. It's about the, this is about the time that Hanukkah was celebrated and observed by the, by the Jewish nation. It was in between Malachi and the birth of Christ. So if you're ever curious where Hanukkah came from, it's a Jewish holiday that occurred in between Malachi and Jesus' birth. Along the bottom, you have the major um, Gentile kingdoms and forces that the kingdom of Israel dealt with, starting with the Canaanites when they cleared the land and David fought against them, when they had the rise of the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, and the Romans, of course. And I think the thing that, uh, that struck me as I was kind of, again, at a high level, meditating on some of these things, what was the transition in the, in the people's hearts and how they related to God and what their sense of, I don't know, spiritual identity was or their spiritual condition at the time? And with David, there was a peak. He was described as a man after God's own heart. He displayed what it means to have a heart for God. The peaks and the valleys of that. The valleys being his sin and his repentance, and the peaks being his genuine, heartfelt, sincere worship and adoration of God. And if you're ever tempted to wonder, you, you see in Scripture, it says David was a man after God's own heart, and you say, well, he seemed like he's a pretty awful guy. Look at all the bad things he did. It's like, yeah, that's true. He also repented of them, and you put that in comparison to the sheer idolatry and wickedness and carnage that followed very shortly after his reign. His son Solomon barely hung on, be considered a good king, and then it just started a cycle of carnage that descended into idolatry and ended up with the, both the northern and southern kingdoms being captured and exiled and put away. And then God, his graciousness and his faithfulness brought them back, brought Judah back at least, to the land of uh, Judah. And after they'd been there for a while and they appreciated what they had, they settled into complacency. And then after God stopped speaking to them and they interacted more with the surrounding nations, especially the Greeks, what rose from them is not a heart necessarily for God, but a heart for nationalism and a heart for independence, political freedom, as opposed to spiritual freedom. And then, and it also, and then that finally developed into the Phariseeism that we saw that was dominant in Jesus' day. These are my personal observations. I'd be curious if you had other observations or saw other themes. Next, as I'd like to talk about some of the theme eras, major eras, major themes that we see in the Old Testament, and what we see glimpses of God's character in the midst of these things. So the, the eras are, there's Adam, the era of Adam, Abraham, Moses, Judges, Kings, the remnant of Israel, and then again, the Pharisee era. And what I noticed here as I was looking for, for ways to describe this and how it related to God's relationship with Israel, and then finally God's relationship with me and God's relationship with you, Adam was called out of death. After he sinned and rebelled against God, he was called out of death. And in that we see a glimpse God providing a promise 
in the means of salvation from the very beginning. We get a glimpse of God's faithfulness, even in the midst of Adam's disobedience, we see a glimpse of God's faithfulness from the very beginning in his provision of salvation. Abraham, called out of darkness, he came out of, the, he came out of Mesopotamia, he came out of a land where the, the concept of God was known about, but not really understood very well, and God called him and said, go to someplace else. And he became known as a man of faith, and it says God counted that to him as righteousness. So God, Abraham's listening to God and responding to his call out of darkness is a glimpse of God providing a means of faith and a connection with him. And then Moses, of course, he led the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, that slavery is indicative of our sin and how it enslaves us. And he also provided the commandments in the Torah. And that is God's call. He said, I provide a way for you, but I also require obedience from you. And here's my Ten Commandments to provide the framework for what my obedience is. And then judges called out of compromise. You get a theme here, death, darkness, slavery, compromise. God is so faithful. He's calling every, every single, there's, it's just a matter of time before someone does something. They, they walk down a good path and then they fall. They walk down a good path, they fall. They profess faith and then they fall. Every single one of these, every single one of these examples has that same pattern. Um, the judges were a period in between the exodus and the kingdom of Israel where the people went through cycles, many cycles of compromise with the nations that they should have conquered. And that is, we see pictures in there. We see pictures of courage. We see people like, um, like Deborah. We see people like Joshua and Caleb that displayed courage and did what God wanted them to do. Even Samson at the end in his compromised manner, he displayed courage. And then the era of kings, which we've gone through in great deal here, detail over the last couple of months. Just the pride. There was initially, there was a strong start with David and Solomon, bad start with Saul, of course, but a strong start with David and Solomon. And then, and then the kings of both Judah and in Israel descended into selfishness and fleshliness and pride. And they wanted to be kings and powerful like the, like the people around them. And then they followed up that source of pride and strength and splendor into the basest idolatry that God condemned in the strongest terms. And it wasn't theoretical. They erected the same sort of altars. They engaged in the same sort of destructive, violent practices as the nations around them. And that's why they were judged. And in this, we see, I wrote glory here because this is a glimpse of God's glory. Because even though he loved them, he was not surrendering his sovereignty. He was not surrendering his righteousness. He called them to that, and he gave them glimpses throughout those periods of what he was going to accomplish one day. I, he's like, I've got so much better for you. And then you have the era of the remnant, where they came back, they, like we said before, they graciously, God graciously brought them back to the land of Israel. And there, after they were there for a very short period of time, what we've studied here the last couple of weeks in the Minor Prophets is what did they suffer from? What were Zechariah? and Haggai and, uh, and Malachi, they were saying, you guys are taking all this for granted. You are apathetic. And last week in Malachi, they said, people were like, it's too hard to follow you, God. That was so convicting when I read that. But there's hope. There's hope. 
because God was, the fact that he brought them back after their gross disobedience and their flagrantly defying him and their flagrant rebellion, there is hope because he has a plan for Israel and through Israel. And then the Pharisees, again, they've spent several centuries marinating in um, frustration and a desire for freedom and a growing sense of nationalism and rebellion to the to the nations around them which have dominated them for such a long time. And the Pharisees, Jesus and John the Baptist, both condemned them for their hypocrisy and specifically condemned them for being people that were legalistic and they enforced the law, but they had no sense of mercy. So the glimpse of God we get there is his mercy contrasted with the hypocrisy in legalism of the Pharisees. So these are, these are some of the themes and errors. Boy, there's other, there's other errors I could be missing. I can think of one name at least that's, that's missing from this chart. I'm curious, I'll just take a moment here. Are there any other eras or themes that anybody else, that comes to your mind while we're talking that someone wants to just yell it out? Who am I missing? It's not a gotcha. It's just your pure opinion. Noah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Noah's a good, Noah's a good one. Another, another time where God offered, Noah is a lone person following God. And God judges the world and offers hope and forgiveness and a promise and a covenant. Of course, as we think through these things, we are required to seek to apply the lessons of Scripture to ourselves. We look at this list, <laughs> So much darkness, so much pain, so much sin, so much deception, so much that we recognize from the world around us today. If we're ever tempted to think, boy, the Old Testament's not relevant to where I'm at today or what our culture is like today, all we have to do is pay attention. You should recognize the sins and almost the characters from the Old Testament, almost the attitudes of the people there, you can just hear it being echoed even today and all throughout history. And if we're going to be honest, the point of application for us gathering together is how do we apply this to our own life? Are there any, are there any aspects of this that we need to apply to our own life? James says, don't just listen to God's word, but do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. You're only fooling yourself. So it's good to have this information. It's good to put it in slots. It's good to have it. It's good to have biblical literacy, but the purpose of our biblical literacy is to put it into action, to see our lives transformed, to see our relationship with God deepened, to see us, God through us, impacting the world around us. He does it through us. He does it through us. So what I want you to think about for a moment Rather than just shaking your head and saying, boy, Israel, they're jerks. Well, they're stupid. I'm glad they got what was coming to them. Man, they didn't understand how much grace God gave them. They just didn't understand. They, 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 they. But I want to ask you right now, and maybe you can even, if it, something comes to mind, just circle something on, your own, on this list. Where are you in this cycle where are you in this cycle? Which of these themes might apply to you that you need to address, that you need to cry out and ask for help with, that you need to repent of? Death, 
Adam was dead. He was dead. He had no hope. Without Jesus Christ, we have no hope. We are dead in our sin. And God offers us salvation. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ, if you've never called out to him for forgiveness, if you've never acknowledged that he's God and you're not, then you are dead in your sins. And that's where you may be in this cycle. The good news is you don't have to stay there. The good news is God loves you and he wants, he's calling to you. Just like he did for Adam and Eve, he provided a path for them. Darkness. Maybe you're in a dark place. Maybe you've done things that you know you shouldn't have done. Maybe things have been done to you that just have put you in a really bad spot. God sees you. <laughs> it says in Psalms, there's nowhere you can go to hide from me. No place you can be to hide from me. If you're on the bottom of the sea, I'm with you. If you're in the depths of Sheol, I'm with you. If you're in a dark place, he calls to you. He makes a way for you just like he did for his people. Slavery, as we said before, when we are in sin, the whole time of Israel in Egypt, it's a type, it represents the fact that we are sin enslaves us. It cuts us off from God, it condemns us to hell, and it physically and mentally and spiritually enslaves us. And it was God that sent Moses and set his people free. He can set you free as well compromise. Even after we've trusted the Lord and we've professed faith in him, we're sincere believers, we can still, it was a long, it was a lot of, we have a lot of steps to take in our life. And we can make choices that are not the best and we can compromise. And it can be something dramatic, relationship problems, sexual sin, lack of integrity at work, whatever it might be, we can compromise. Again, we're called out of that. Pride and idolatry, letting the world pollute us, thinking too highly of ourselves, desiring, I want what the world wants. I want, it feels so good. It seems so good. It was descri it's described as the passing pleasure of sin, right? Apathy, materialism, whatever you want to call it, burnout, worry, fretting. Jesus said, don't worry about you know, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. Your father knows you need these things. But it's easy to get consumed by these things. And then nationalism and hypocrisy. We can put on a front. We can focus on the wrong things. Our culture war is more important than the spiritual war. Is it? Of course not. Hypocrisy, you can put on a front. Something you are. Something that you, pretending to be something you're not. Holding other people to a higher account than you hold yourself. Again, all these things, all these things, it's typified the nation of Israel. It didn't stop with Israel. It continued through the New Testament, as we'll see. But again, the point of application is here. Do you see yourself anywhere on this list? If you do, circle it. Confess it. Share it with someone who knows you and loves you. And like certain people did, not everyone did, they called out to God. They repented. They came back to him. You can come back from wherever you're at. That is one of the lessons that we have. And that's one of the great mercies of God. I just wanted to cover one thing too. As, as I was thinking about this and 
and listening to you. Uh, when we look at Abraham, one of the things that, as you described these different conditions, one of the things that struck me, particularly with Abraham, I think there's a really neat thing where Abraham almost has this like unaware introduction with God when he meets him at the burning bush. And there's nothing that, you know, often we feel like, you know, we need to do this, that, and the other before we come to God. And Abraham has this awesome exposure, this encounter, this introduction with God. And he has to take no prior steps to it. There's no preceding work that Abraham has done to have this introduction with God and to take that, those steps. And so I just think about that and applying that to our lives as well, just in terms of, you know, we're afraid to come to God or, or to give him something because we need to try to fix something ourselves first. So I just, just wanted to add that when we're thinking about Abraham in particular. It just strikes me that his encounter specifically has that aspect of just coming and meeting the great I am as, as yourself. Man, thank you. Okay, how about if we jump to the exercise? Let's jump to the exercise. Would, would that yeah. be okay? Yeah. So we will do that. We will jump to right. the exercise. And we I'll, let, I'll let you explain what's happening. Awesome. With that. Okay, so for, um, I wanted to get one more chance. We've done this one other time, but our exercise is going to be this. We've talked about different themes looking through the Old Testament. We've talked about divisions of Scripture, and we've even mentioned timelines and books and things like that. I am a very physical or, or visual learner, and so I think one of the things that we could just do and have some fun with as, like a, as a body and as a family is to try to take some time and work through all the books of the Bible of the Old Testament that we've covered so far. And then as a group, together as a team, We'll put them like kind of up here and we'll move them from the order in which we would usually read them in our Bible to chronological order. So it's going to be a lot of moving, a lot of interaction. I have 39 pages here and so I'm going to hand them out to you guys and get your help. Are you guys okay with do this? It'll take a little bit, but it's a really awesome visual tool. So here we go. I'm just going to start handing out. And uh, Dave, I'm going to split these with you some. Yep. And, uh, and we'll just go for it. All right. So here we go. All right, so when you get yours, go ahead and line up in reading order. Not, don't worry about chronology right now. Exciting. So if you look at your color, so we have Pentateuch, orange, ready? Pentateuch, orange, there we go. All right. Then what division comes next? Historical books. Woo! All right. And then can we get some wisdom and poetry right here? Get some wisdom and poetry right here. So green, if you guys want to slide in right here. And if yellow and brown, if you guys could just shift. I'm not saying you're wrong. We're just going to make some space for wisdom and poetry. There we go. So can you guys come this way? Awesome. Can you guys slide this way some? Shanine, can you? It's a lot, and it's interactive, and I appreciate. Your name's not Nahum. <laughs> All right. Where do you go? You're going to go right. Keep shifting. You're, I think we'll have enough room here. Yeah. There we go. Okay. That's all right. Just, just get comfortable with your divisions. You guys are doing great. Here we have major prophets and then the minors. Awesome. Okay. All right. So this is cool. So we're going to step back. I'm going to step back. So this is a time that I think uh, it's great to have you guys help us out in the audience here. All right. So now this is how we would read through. Does somebody, can somebody get a picture of this or did somebody already? You don't fit, think you could fit it? I'm going to stand on chairs. Nobody watch. I'm being a bad example. Um, <laughs> Can we take this down from Zoom? We could just take it down from Zoom, but I'm going to do a panorama because this is just great. Awesome. Okay. This is probably going to happen. All right. So now what we're going to do is 
So this is how we would read through the Bible and how we have taught through the Bible, right? But the really neat thing is this isn't how the Bible happens as an interactive time points in history, right? So how this happens is a lot of these books kind of get stacked up and worked together. And that's what we're going to do now. So what we're going to do is I'm going to welcome and I'm going to ask the Pentateuch to kind of start at that. And we're going to add some depth now that we have. And I'll take First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, and I'll have you guys start right here at this TV. And Dave, where'd our long slips of paper go? All right, so First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, come on down. Here we go. Here we go. Let me check. All right, I got him. I, I got, got him. him. Okay. Okay. Good. So you hold that. Where's Second Kings? Second Kings. So you're gonna hold this. So you guys, you guys are gonna represent one book. Stretch that out, and hand that to your dutiful son. And then stretch out, and then Chronicles, you guys are going to be occurring at the same time as First and Second Kings, but just, it's a different focus point, right, between Kings and Chronicles. So you guys go, maybe take the first row of steps and step right behind them, okay? All right, that's good. That's good. Yep, work on the stage. It's not scary up there. It's just bright. It's okay. So that's fine. So can you stretch, stretch the whole way down here? That's awesome. And then I'll move the TV. And you can stretch from First and Second Chronicles. There we go. You guys can see the TVs. Those are the notes that we have. Can you come this way? There we go. So First and Second Chronicles overlaps with First and Second Kings. Yep. And then what happens is we have Joshua and Judges at the very beginning of this. And then we have First and Second Samuel. Look down. It's, that's who I'm calling. First and Second Samuel happens at the same time, right? And then we have the Pentateuch falling in here. Ruth, come on down. Come on in. So you're going to take place kind of towards the beginning of this. Yep, you guys slide behind, slide behind 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles. And then Psalms, what I, what I want Psalms to do, I didn't want to do another sheet of paper because it's just going to get too messy. Stella, I just want you to run back and forth because Stella's happening like <laughs> through this whole, I don't actually want you. She'd be so, she'd be so great. She'd be willing to do it. Um, Job happens in Genesis, right? Stella's going to do it. <laughs> All right, big hand clapper. All right. And then prophets, if you guys want to start to collapse, because you guys are happening towards the end, so major are spurs throughout, um, just shift, just shift yourself right here, right? Wisdom and poetry, we'll deal with you guys in a second. Don't worry, I didn't forget about you. Okay, so that's right. And then minor, you guys are spaced throughout. Yep, come on forward, major. Major, come on forward. I know there's stuff on the stage, I'm sorry. I credit up the stage and then I left it for you guys. And then, yeah, minor in the back, awesome. Go ahead and hold it up. Jose, sneak yours down. Yeah, major's right here. Minor's up above your head. Even though you're minor, you guys are more important, I promise, just because you get to hold them up higher. It's perfect. Awesome. And then sneak on in. Sneak on in. And then wisdom and poetry. Come on down here. I'm going to have you guys right in front because you break green signs. I should have done that before I stacked everybody else. Um, can I have you guys, the minor prophets, can you sneak a little bit to your right? And we'll stack you in there. And then we've got Malachi at the end. Awesome. Same so hold your way. Hold your sign right up. There we go. There we go. Awesome. Awesome. So now I'm going to take another picture because this is, how's this look, guys? Yeah? It's pretty amazing. Woo! Here's what I'd like you guys to do. Just sort of look around to like your left and your right and your front and your back and just understand a little bit more of where you guys are at in the actual timeline of things. And if you have like First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, turn those around because there's a lot of people behind you just to show the emphasis that the prophets, right, again, they're occurring during this time period that we're reading that we've covered so long ago that's easy for my feeble little brain to forget. 
right? And so, and then it falls through. All of this is kind of incurring through that. And so, when we read First and Second Kings, it focuses on who? Really? The, go ahead, you can say it. The kings, yeah, yeah, right? And then First and Second Samuel deals more with who? Who's that coming from? Samuel. Samuel. So, it's dressing more of the uh, more of what's going on, not the like the big leadership sort of moments. And then we have the prophets who are addressing a lot of the issues and the times of what's going on, right? And so that's just really neat to see all the different aspects. And it's a hint too of what we're going to see go looking ahead with the gospels and the letters. So I just want this to be an encouragement that as we think about and we read through even the New Testament as we go through it, don't think about Thank it so you. linearly, guys, right? Think about it with this depth that it has because there's so many different facets because we don't all think the same, and God knows this, and he has the ultimate wisdom to be able to teach to all of us in the differences in which we teach or understand. So thank you, guys. Look around. Give yourself a hand clap. Um, as you go to back to your seats, you can just set the things right here. You can just set right here. I really appreciate this, guys. Thank you. I'll make sure we get the pictures out. Aurelia's going to help me on the ace. We'll get them out. Thank you all. Thank you very much. Woo. So one of the things that we're going to close with here as we run out of time <laughs> is, is just to talk through. Dave, do you want to show them the question that we were going to walk through? Here's a big consideration that we want you guys to think about as you even have time this week. As we, right, if you've been covering and trying to think about your homework, this would be it for this week. Look back, pull down major themes that we've been covering that are yours, right? We've been trying to share some of ours, but make sure that you're thinking about this in your own frame and work that through because then what Dave and I's encouragement in putting some of this together was that we don't want to make it seem like even though we're moving from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there's not like this like, harsh divider, like we can't reach through or we should like, okay, we're going to set that totally on the shelf, put it away, we're done with it, and here we go on with this, right? Because there's this awesome continuity. Things are going to change, and that's okay, but there's this awesome continuity that happens of what we've just learned and what we are about to learn and keep learning. Dave, do you want to touch on Scarlet and Golden real quick maybe, and then we'll just have to bring it close? Thanks. As a reminder, we've, we've talked many times, the scarlet thread is places where the Old Testament points forward to the New, to New Testament, specifically prophecies that are fulfilled in Jesus and his role in his ministry. And the golden thread takes that a step further, which prophecies that are near and far, prophecies that not only involve the Old Testament or Jesus' life on earth, but they point to eternity, his second coming or the eternal kingdom. So these are things, so we, this, this golden thread aspect is going to become more and more prominent as we go through the New Testament, as we look forward to Jesus' return. So please join us next week as we are going to start our Advent series with the New Testament, and we're going to dive right into Matthew and um, just really enjoy going through Advent at the same time as the Gospels uh, for this Christmas season. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we, um, I'm just excited, um, God, I'm overjoyed uh, at what we um, have got to study as a congregation together. I thank you for uh, the richness of it. I thank you, God, that um, we can appreciate the depths of the knowledge in Scripture um, by studying a verse at a time. And God, I, I thank you, too, that as we go through at this higher level, that we can enjoy 
how amazing and how awesome it is that you have such a sovereign hand, God, over history and over everything to be able to guide such a piece of work, such a piece of history, and, and straight through and as we go into the New Testament, into our own lives. God, we thank you for um, just the, the Advent season that's upon us next week. And as we come before you and consider that, may we, uh, may we just bring ourselves uh, and prepare ourselves to the cross.